Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Support WrestleTalk! Give us a subscribe. Hey everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey, it's professional wrestler Colt Boom Boom Cabana. Hey, I'm Double J Jeff here. And this is Rich Swan, Matt Riddle, the King of Rose. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Do it, bro. Support Ali. Support Luke. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Home of Luke Owen. Whatever Wrestle Talk is, and whoever Luke Owen is, both the Ravens. Nevermore. Wrestle Talk. Rumble. No Hello and welcome to the Wrestle Talk podcast. I am El Fakador Laurie Blake and I am joined by housemate Simon Longdon. Hello. Hello. Uh, did you watch the James Bond trailer yet? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And what do you make of it? Um, What's it called? The film? Time to Die. Die. No Time to Die. Die not now. Thing. No Time to Die. No. Uh, no Time no. No to no Die. No Tie Die. Yeah. No freaking hippies. Um, I think it looks great. Yeah, I really like the trailer. I thought it was um, really cool. Uh, I've always liked Craig as Bond. I mm-hmm. like the fact they've experimented with the for like the sort of form of Bond movies as well. Like, like I really liked Skyfall. I know a lot of people don't like Skyfall. Oh, I really like Skyfall. I really like Skyfall. You know, I like I like Quantum Ooh. of Solace. Not so much. <laughs> that was the second one. Yeah, that was the one where they go to the big like shiny building in the desert. Oh yeah, yeah. I wasn't crazy about that one to be and fair. And then he's yeah. like, oh, God, she's dead. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, Casino Royale. Casino still, Royale is a banger. Yeah. Although I, when I watched it, I watched it. Uh, it was on like last Christmas, I think. Mm-hmm. I mean, one of them. It's. I feel like it's a Christmas movie now, but um, it is about half an hour too long. Mm-hmm. At the end is sort of. You could do a lot of the. There's a lot of stuff towards the end that you could kind of cram into ten minutes. The stuff happily. towards the end is. But the stuff towards the end is where they're like, well, it needs to be a bit more James Bond now, because we've done the sort of like. The thing that James Bond films, I think, never really did before Daniel Craig was like really hone in on the espionage element of it as like actual espionage rather than just like, well, no, this is just what you're doing is high level flirting, Mm. which is what most James Bonds were doing before that when they were like going to casinos and schmoozing people. They were always trying to like find someone to shag, essentially. And I thought the Daniel Craig sort of side of things was like, you know, building it all around this kind of high stakes poker game and the, the... um, the kind of dynamic at the table in that I thought was genius. Yeah. Uh, also, yeah, it wasn't like you think. Think back to the Brosnan movies; they were really just quite standard action romps. Mm. I think to kind of go back to get a, a sort of muscular, sort of aggressive, hard-nosed Bond, and then do a casino movie. 
I just thought it was really yeah. It's, it's a cool. really, it's a weird dynamic, isn't um, it? And I think the, the thing is about No Time to Die is it looks like it looks probably the most James Bond of all the Craig James Bond films to yeah. me from the trailer. Like it, it, it smacks of like uh, you know. There's all the sort of nods to to Bondness of like Money Penny and Q and all that kind yeah, of stuff, yeah. but then there's also like cars with guns in and yeah. I big think, chases and helicopters and blah 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 blah. Yeah. It, it it looks like a a a very modern take on a, a sort of like traditional Bond film yeah. almost. I need to watch it again, but I don't remember being particularly taken by Spectre. Not as a movie in whole. I really enjoyed the movie, but um, the the way they try to put over Blofeld yeah. didn't really work for me but I do actually but in theory I really like the idea that this one guy has been the architect of all this stuff stuff yeah. that's gone on with it I and, think he's, and so he's in the trailer right for oh yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah he's now sort of weirdly the Hannibal Lecter kind yeah. of character like he's yeah I think it looks great. For I, I thought it looked really fun. Anyway, we'll now get on to the, the bit where we talk about the wrestling on this wrestling podcast. And we're talking about uh, NXT and reviewing that. And also talking about the idea of whether Keith Lee should just now become the NXT champion. Because we both kind of think he should. Yeah, why not? Here's the show. Rather than go through sort of one of the highlights of this NXT to start the show off, I thought we'd discuss what I feel was kind of the big talking point coming out of NXT is that Keith Lee seems like he's getting a really big push right now. He does. And he definitely, the thing that's been teased now for the second week in a row is the Champa Lee. Yes, we're teaming now, but we are constantly sort of having these little stare downs mm-hmm. and we're we're very much going after the same thing. Yeah. Um, and it does seem that Lee is the logical choice. Mm. Uh, I think, well, here's things we know about WWE. They do everything six months too late. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they normally aren't very good at long-term storytelling. <laughs> NXT tends and has trended to not do those two things. Mm-hmm. So I think they're obviously pushing this big... December 18th, last show before Christmas. Um, and if, you're, if your long-term goal is Champa Cole at Mania, mm-hmm. then giving Lee a run now to give it back to Cole later so Lee can go up, yep. I can that, see that, that, see, that, is to, that seems to me a logical thing to do booking-wise. But also... What it doesn't seem to have, what doesn't seem to have happened in this run and this gold rush thing that the uh, Undisputed Era have been doing, there what there hasn't been until very recently is any kind of sort of really serious seeds planted mm-hmm. for that in of itself to be a wrapped up narrative. The narrative of that seemed to end with them getting the gold, yeah, and then essentially it's been a let's now just see how the cookie crumbles as to the next contenders. Yeah. Obviously, we're going to be one of these few guys, but let's see who's who's hot. Yeah, It's Keith Lee. Well, it's weird, isn't it? So, they're so, good, like, so strap the rocket to him and here we go. It's, but it's strange, isn't it? Because it was last week that we were talking about uh, Finn Balor sort of moving into the title pitch after he sort of announced himself 
fought like his interest in the title when he first returned to NXT. Then he went heel. Then it was like building to a thing with Johnny seemingly. Johnny was injured. Then it was like, well, it'll be Matt Riddle instead. Yes. And then it was again like last week he was like, well, no, I'm now in the picture for the NXT title. The same time, that was right after Keith Lee had had the War Games weekend, the Survivor Series weekend being the last in the last two of the men's Survivor Series match, having the big face-off with Roman Reigns, having basically ended every single episode of WWE TV in the last month with him doing a big tope. Yeah. Um, as like a kind of like, that's that's how we want to end the show. That's how we want these big brawls that we're doing to set up Survivor Series to go off air with Keith Lee doing something amazing. So I'm not saying that necessarily he should be the champion because I think... One of the things that NXT has done well, and like you were saying, is they, they've built long-term stories. Mm. And I think the story they're building is Champ is probably going to get screwed out of this title shot here. There'll be a title shot before Christmas. There's a takeover before Mania. Mm-hmm. Uh, there'll be a... Balor will be the challenger for that, maybe. And then there'll be the takeover at Mania weekend, and that will be Champa versus Cole. Mm. Is that's That's my kind of what I feel like their long-term booking is going to be. However, the notion of just putting the belt on Keith Lee now while he's molten hot is very appealing. Also, I mean, again, a word, a cautionary tale Mm. is that they've never really... I can't think. I can't think of an occasion where Kofi's the only one recently that they've just about put just the belt, about they just done about it. put the belt on him just at yeah. the right time. I mean, they didn't do it. I mean, I mean, they, Roman's they, Roman's a bad example. They messed Braun. up. Becky, they messed up. Yeah, yeah Braun, Braun they, they did it too late. Goldberg, famously, they did it way too mm-hmm. late. Um, I, yeah, I can't think of a. I can't think of someone who's come in super hot like this in NXT and had this similar sort. Maybe Shinsuke. Hmm. You know, there's been a few guys who've kind of come in. Samoa Joe kind of came in super hot and kind of got the title pretty quickly. But I think they, I think those sorts of people, they already knew that that's what they were doing. I think they the had a defined trajectory the, the before they turned up. The difference is that Keith Lee's been in NXT for years now and had like his storyline before they went live was literally before they went on to USA was literally I have nothing to do, <laughs> um, yeah. and that was that was the story they were trying to tell with Keith Lee. So it's crazy the turnaround he's had now, and like I think like he was saying in so he. That in this uh, episode of NXT, there's a big six-man tag match to finish off the show that Keith Lee's kind of the headline. I think he has the headline moments in. There is also a big face-off between him and the Undisputed Era, which is where he sort of... I think this is the first time in NXT that we sort of have seen, in the modern NXT at least, or the USA NXT, like, what is Keith's actual goal and purpose because yes. here, he, here he was like I'm deciding which of the belts I'm going to take off you and really he's been sort of stuck as you know Champa's backup for a lot of it or he's been in the Dijak feud or they've been teaming together to take on the Undisputed Era but yeah. that was really just a sort of thrown together yeah. that was just a really fun big main event or oh, sorry the North American title shot yeah. was with Roddy's and also in that moment um, when he was judging as to which belts he would take mm-hmm. but you know I thought he was going to not choose Adam Cole. I thought he might do tag or something. Which, you know, the problem with that being that any uh, any wrestler, mm-hmm. given any kind of um, agency, should want the top belt. 
end of story. Yeah. Well, so like, I'm glad should, they didn't fall into really that trap. Should, you really should think you're good enough for it. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm yeah. glad they didn't fall into that trap. Um, I, yeah. I, I just think right now, sometimes I don't think they necessarily predicted this because, like you said, Keith Lee's been there for a while. And ultimately, all they did was start televising what he was doing. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> and everyone went, it's a oh, yeah. <laughs> that guy. Uh, so, yeah, this, I think, it'd be interesting to see what they do with Dijak, mm-hmm. Dijakovic, uh, who they've sort of decided is American now. They keep this. Well, he, was he, always, he was always American, but he's from like his family's from Croatia. Right, it's kind of what they. I mean, everyone's family's from somewhere. Uh, well, especially, <laughs> yeah, but Americans really like that. I think. Um, so yeah, I, I think it's interesting that they've sort of. I thought they were really going the direction of pushing that tag team because mm-hmm. I feel like that has been quite a. They've really hit that a lot, yeah, and we've brought that up a few times on ch- chatting about this on the review and said like, I feel like those two guys are the ones to beat Fish and O'Reilly. But clearly, also, I think you've got to take into account that Fish is injured now. Yeah. So the tag belts are probably going to be undecided. So this is what's interesting. The undecided era for a little while. So I think this is kind of what's happened. I think probably the plan was was some kind of holding feud with um, Bala or Johnny kind of go grap- grasping for the belt. Like, I still end up in this sort of triple threat situation. Mm. Still kind of do this booking. But... And then have the tags and then the North Americans go either way. But because of the fish injury and because of the Johnny injury, mm. they've had to essentially tell the same story with different people for slotting in. But coincidentally, during that time, Keith Lee got super hot and the Saudi Arabia situation happened. And now suddenly we're having NXT in Survivor Series. That all happened yep. very, very quickly. And just sort of panning for gold. Mm-hmm. Keith Lee has kind of come out the bottom looking amazing and in, they just sort of gone with it, I think. And that's the thing, I, and I, I... You could see you the know, booking happening on air, basically. Yeah, and part of, like, and uh, why wouldn't you go with it now? It's yeah. kind of, I think my argument is, like, if there was ever a time to just ditch your plans and do something that's going to shock people, it might just be put the belt on Keith Lee because he can do everything that Braun... He does everything Braun Strowman does as a sort of uh, larger man character. But infinitely like he said gifable like yeah. the most viral gif uh he does half of what ricochet can do <laughs> and he's amazing on the microphone like you've got and he's got great entrance music and he's got great entrance music <laughs> you're basically i think they're sitting on somebody who is one of the stars that people always say that WWE doesn't have anymore yeah and i think giving giving him the strap now means that what they can quite quickly do is kind of give him now maybe not long term this is a bad example but Kind of give him the Kevin Owens push. Mm-hmm. Whilst he's got the belt, whilst he's legitimised, whilst he's still remembered in the eyes of the, of the wider audience, make him do a surprise appearance on some rules. Beat someone beat established. Beat someone big, establish. Come back down, have a feud, drop the belt, go up. And that's it. You can do that mm-hmm. in a couple of months. You know, we've seen... Like, Drew McIntyre's a good example of that yep. as well. Like, just legitimise him with the belt, have him look great, have him drop the belt in a great match, and just move on. Mm-hmm. You know, NXT... You know, let's not call it developmental, but ultimately, it does still sit and exist to create and be the start of the conveyor belt for new champions. And also, when you look at what Champa said in that interview, where he said he he wants to stay in NXT, mm-hmm. he's going to be around to win that. That's belt perfect for plenty of time. Champa is now the guy who you can legitimately give the belt to, have him drop it and get it back again, and be the guy. To see off the next yeah, crop like of people, like off. it's it's all working out 
weirdly well. Yeah. <laughs> Smashing a bottle of champagne over their taxi. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Fairly well. He can. He's the. He's the. The guy to pass the torch. Mm-hmm. I, just, I think this is all. Yeah, this seems to me the most the logical accident. Yeah. Um, now they might not do it, no. and I'm not necessarily against them not doing it. It's not that I don't actually have any particular preference. I don't know. I think they'll all be ultimately fine. I'm doing any, something yeah. in the next six months anyway. So any combination of Champa, Balor, Cole, or Lee with the title, yeah, would suit me to the ground. Yeah. Uh, however, I, I just think, yeah, I do just, just think yeah. putting it on Lee, you could just like completely legitimize a star and just be like, this is he's now the biggest thing in WWE. Yeah. Oh, and he could be. You're so you're so nearly on the cusp of that. I, he really he's kind of. I mean, it obviously, it helps that he's massive, mm. and that genuinely does help. I think. Mm-hmm. I think let you know. Let's be realistic about the expectations of certain people in upper management. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, and I think he, he is... They have clearly shown that they are... I mean, they were... To be fair, Adam Cole has been getting a lot of shine. So mm-hmm. I think if you're looking at who is going to be at least post-Mania, probably quite high up the totem pole on Raw and SmackDown, uh, Cole and Lee seem to be the two. Mm-hmm. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if Riddle was still in NXT for another year. Mm-hmm. You know, he hasn't quite had that big... Moment, yeah. yeah, and it's more of a case that it's they just not been his keep, turn. They, they were keeping him sweet, and then they yeah. just sort of went, ah, well. It's just <laughs> not been his turn. It's just you know these things are cyclical and often nothing to do with you. Mm-hmm. You know, you just have to keep doing your thing, and his time, his time will come. But the way things have fallen, I th- I do think the best thing to do would be like strike while the iron's hot, give him the belt, and give the undisputed era something else to do as well yeah. because also Cole will be fine I think Cole in the last Cole also has had the craziest month of somebody's career that you could probably he must be knackered. he must he must be so tired he must be so like please just take the belt I don't I don't, <laughs> I don't want to defend it anymore I mean yeah, like Kushida's just come back from two months with a broken yeah. wrist I'm pretty sure Cole is still wrestling with a broken wrist <laughs> yeah <laughs> There's no promo package of Cole being like, push you on the swings. Let's go down a slide. <laughs> can we get a promo package of Cole yeah. on a roundabout? Ah! With, yeah. ah! We can get Cole on a spinny roundabout with Kushida's baby. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, I just let us know in the comments, actually, what you think of uh, Keith Lee and whether putting the belt on him now would be the right time to do it. Clearly, like, storyline-wise, it's probably not the right time. However, just in capturing a moment... Maybe this could be... Sometimes you just um, got to do it. This could be a Becky Lynch-style thing, yeah. and you could just strike while the iron's hot. You, sometimes you just got to do it. And these things, you can always go back to the to the previous plan in a few months' time. Exactly. No one's going to... No, they're all really over. Mm-hmm. They'll all be fine, but if one of them's super hot, just go with it. I just kind of think Keith Lee's the most over. That's and what that I mean. A, That's yeah, exactly and what, that yeah. is the big thing, isn't it? I just, he just, I is. just think he just might be one of the yeah. most over they are current the, the, the right crowd now. regularly chants for him no matter what's happening on yeah. the show and not in a bad way i don't not in a sort of destructive cm punk chant way but just in a when he when stuff that is related to that he might appear yeah, yeah. It is getting a lot of reaction uh, i think you just have to go with it Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. 
Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Um, well, let's go through this episode of NXT blow by blow, bit by bit, because there's a lot of Keith Lee in there, but there's also some, a lot of other good stuff. So Mara Ronaldo was back at the beginning of the show. There was also a recap package of last week. And by the way, just as I predicted on the Wrestling Action News the other day, uh, absolutely no fanfare for Mara. No. He's just back, and that's just <laughs> that was yeah. basically I feel what like they, they even took Beth Phoenix and Nigel McGuinness away from like standing next to him at the beginning to be like, well... There's no one going to be like, welcome back now. It's yeah. just Mauro. So no, what there it was, was not no mentioned that he was never unless there. Unless he was going to welcome himself back. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Just be like, screw you, Corey. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, the show kicked off. Mauro said hi. Killian Dane was already sort of in the background moping around the ring. He said that uh, Damien Priest wasn't going to come out. Damien Priest was announced last week as being in a match with Killian Dane. But Damien Priest also was said to have possibly two cracked ribs mm. um, in a little backstage vignette with the doctor. He said the priest isn't going to come out, so he's not leaving the ring until somebody else does. Pete Dunne comes out. Yeah. So we're back sort of... I don't know. I feel like that's maybe a holding pattern, pattern for these yeah, guys. Yeah, to be honest, I've never... I was When when they started having the... They did a really great bit where kind of priest kind of got taken out and then so, you know, he was kind of fodder so that mm-hmm. um, Killing Dane could attack Dunne a few weeks back. And then as they were leaving, he just got involved. And I really loved that. I've not really seen that. Often doesn't happen in those sort of mm. run-ins and stuff. And I thought, oh, this is actually really cool. Like, and I was really engaged in this sort of feud that was developing. And then it's just kind of, it's just sort of 
happened on TV and it's sort of done. Well, it's, one, it's, I think it's, 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 it's one quite those, an odd blow-off. It's one of those weird things where, because the feud was building, I think the, the feud was kind of building to that triple threat for War Games. Mm. But then that became about getting a title shot because they needed the match for Adam Cole at Survivor Series that had to be done at the last minute. Then that was Pete Dunne doing that. And that kind of earning your way to a championship opportunity feels like you're pretty much done with the feud. Yes. I don't know. That, it, yeah, yeah, I know what you it mean. It did yeah. feel like the finale, so I was a bit like, oh, Pete Dunne cares about this again. However, it was it was a perfectly fine match. I it, think was, it wasn't... Uh, stylistically, I don't quite understand why we've seen these guys, you know, for over a month now, they've not even been able to have a match for all the destruction they're causing each other. You know, interferences, you know, outside brawls, mm-hmm. all this stuff going on. And the blow-off is a quite technically astute wrestling match. You know, similar to when Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins were supposed to have their big f- crazy fight, and then they had a wrestling match. Then they had a wrestling match. Yeah, yeah. So I don't... Stylistica, I would. I really hope... I was really looking forward to it. I was like, oh, great, we're going to get this match. Mm-hmm. This will be fun. Uh, I feel like it should have been on a takeover. <laughs> this yeah. could have become something bigger. And I don't quite know why they just had a sort of... Again, really good... But I, don't, I, I kind of wish they had more of a fight than a, yeah. than a, cl- than a wrestling clinic. It was, and it, it was a fine clinic, and there was, there was a lot of fun stuff in there. Like uh, there was a bit where they kept teasing Dunn doing a German suplex on yeah. Dane, and he finally does it. And everyone's like, "Wow, that man is strong." I thought the craziest spot was Dunn does this big tornado DDT, hits the double stomps, kicks him in the head. He rolls outside, does the moonsault onto Dane on the outside, but then Dane just sort of picks Dunn up and dumps him on the apron, yeah. <laughs> does a big sent on, then he does the cannonball spot yeah. that he's been doing into the steps, which just looks awful. That's what yeah. he did to take out Dane uh, in one of their like post-match brawls yeah. on NXT TV a while He looks ago. like, you know when um, Foley used to get thrown into the steps and he would always do like the flip over? Mm-hmm. He basically just sort of does that into the steps. Like yeah. he sort of half falls chooses, over chooses and, just, it, yeah. and just ends up sort of on top of them in a pile. It just looks brutal mm-hmm. every time. It's it's a it's a wicked little spot. And then the finale comes as they sort of do, uh, Dane goes for a Vader bomb, Dunn catches him in the guillotine, Dane picks him up, set out a power bomb. They end up sort of on the turnbuckle because Dunn's trying to stop him doing another Vader bomb gets him in a big sleeper, and Dane decides, well, the best way to break this sleeper is if I just fall now. Yeah. Falls, squash is done, but he's also slightly groggy from the sleeper hold, so he just collapses on top. One, two, three, Dane's the winner. Yeah. It was good. It was I fine. really enjoyed it. I liked, I liked the callback in the end of the match as well, so that, that was sort of like Dane diving off of something with Dunn attached to him was the finish to their uh, War Games match, where Dunn was clever enough to then quickly cover Priest, who'd been jumped onto. Yeah. Um, and sort of steal the victory, but here, obviously, without someone else, done. I think becomes the cropper. I think it would have been cool if, when, because it was supposed to be like, I'm not leaving till I. I mean, by the end of this, by the end of this uh, night, we would have had a total, including Raw, of five different people saying they're not going to leave a ring before unless they have a fight. <laughs> like, yeah, it's a lot of that happening in WWE. <laughs> I mean, the hostage count of wrestling rings is going through the roof, <laughs> but. I would have thought it'd be cool if, as Dunn came out, if he suddenly like snapped and just ran and met him on the ramp, mm-hmm. had a bit of a brawl, then got into the ring, and they had exactly the same match they already had. But I just think they needed to do something to sort of acknowledge that they have more anger yeah. at each other than so was sort really of displayed. Really, all you got was done sort of throwing his jacket at yeah. Dane, like which, which, which did get a big ooh. <laughs> yeah, I was like, yeah, I was yeah. like, I think that's quite the it's aggression. A bit, it's a little bit school. Yeah, these guys were killing each other three <laughs> weeks ago. Dakota Kai was then seen backstage with Kathy Kelly. She said she gave Rhea what she wanted, ruined Tegan Knox. Tonight she's going to show her uh, that 
She, oh, so she says tonight I'm going to take her out just like I did with that hood rat. That hood rat. Him. But this, this is her confession. This is the this yeah. is the first clue in the mystery of who beat up Mia that anyone's ever bothered to pay attention yeah. to. No one has been investigating this. No, I know. And then it's Dakota's really weird. Like I did it. Well, because in the match later on, it gets mentioned, yeah. and I went, "Oh, is that what she meant?" <laughs> I was like, so, like, "So that is just what happened now. That massive moment yeah. is just sort of gone a pith- by." A pithy one-liner yeah. in the um, stage segment. I feel I like so weird. They weren't mentioned, like, because I get the Tegan Knox thing was such a big deal. Um. And that obviously is kind of what you want to concentrate on in the story because that was such a brutal beatdown. And that's mm. why, you know, Dakota Kai later is coming out with Tegan Knox's death playing in the background. <laughs> um, but you, you also want to acknowledge the fact that, like, you know, maybe hint a little bit more that Mia Yim's going to be annoyed at Dakota Kai because it was Dakota Kai who attacked her. Yeah. Um, but then I guess, like, it's weird because Mia also didn't know that because Mia was, Dakota was stood right next to Mia on the night of war games being like oh are you okay in her like nwo yeah. gear that she was wearing and then put her she put her in the ambulance slammed the door and was like i'm in the match yeah, yeah. but like it was it, it's kind of odd that the, the, this this was just sort of this weird throwaway moment to build to what was quite a hot return and beatdown angle yeah yeah i know what you mean it was a bit straight and also it was because the hood rat thing was mentioned a few times mm-hmm. there's definitely been a lot of Googling in the script department to make sure that's okay to say. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know what? And I'm still not sure. I'm not, I'm not 100%. I'm not, I'm, not, no. <laughs> I'm not 100% sure. Yeah, but they, they took some other words out of the first draft. Yeah. So they were like, is this one okay? Yeah, this, yeah they're referencing several things about Miriam there. And I, I'm not I'm not sure how comfortable they should honestly be. But hey, yeah. it's out. I didn't say it. <laughs> <laughs> so next, The Undisputed Era came out. Uh, Bobby Fish not with them because he's injured. Cole said that uh, Undisputed Era took over Raw and SmackDown, embarrassed all the guys at Survivor Series. They're the Iron Men of NXT and need to be repaid properly. He then puts over the fact that he says that they haven't been repaid properly. He's been ragdolled into the crowd by Keith Lee, and I'm not a ragdoll. <laughs> and then he says that Finn Balor betrayed him as well and uh, turned on him with a Pele kick at the end of last week's NXT. They say, we're not leaving this ring no. until Finn Balor gets out here and explains himself. Mm. Well, Finn ain't coming. No. Keith Lee turns up. Yeah, uh, Keith Lee comes out. Um, Kyle says to him, "You're just a moment maker. You, you know, you faced off against Roman Reigns and you lost. You did the big pounce that was the gift last week. But what have you actually achieved?" And he says, "Oh, sorry, I'm just. Uh, I was actually just deciding which of your championships I wanted to take off you." Mm. This is uh, is this after Kyle O'Reilly called him a loser? <laughs> <laughs> I love. Undisputed Era's put downs. My favorite it's one is so the War Games one that Roddy Strong does, where he like leans over the ropes and he goes, "Feast your eyes, dork." <laughs> <laughs> they're incredible. It's just... so funny. Carl O'Reilly is like his. Their sort of like their petulance is so funny. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just they're, they're, they do, it's, their it's, act is so refined. It's one now. of those it's things great. that's like it's it's the AJ thing as well of just like I'm going to say something a bit dry. And a bit silly and a bit naff, but I'm going to do it with such conviction yeah. that it gets over and like feels like I'm actually being quite mean, even yeah. though obviously calling somebody a loser isn't yeah. very isn't actually like a well written. Yeah. And he didn't he do a pun as well? He did a really bad pun. Oh, what did he say? I can't remember what the pun was. Now it was like 
moment moment momentarily or something like that oh Mom- momentarily yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> just like it, it didn't even make sense <laughs> it's just it just a lot of fun and then so like uh they attack lee after he says he's going to take one of the championships off them he manages to fight all of them off on his own basically cole then starts to try and sort of run away up the ramp champa jumps him they then run off the undisputed era into the crowd leaving champa and lee in the ring Champa then picks up the NXT Championship, which has been left behind, Goldie, which I don't even think he's touched no. since uh, his return. And this gets such a big response in the crowd. The moment where he's like leaning there and he picks it up, everyone's going like, Daddy's home! <laughs> Daddy's home! Um, but I, I thought this was a good little mirror for the end of the episode as well. Mm. well. We'll sort of come back to when we get to the main event and stuff. But this this moment where Champ is holding the belt and Keith Lee's the one sort of like having his moment stolen almost by Champ's interference here because it's Champ's music playing. Champ's holding Goldie. But Keith Lee fought off the Undisputed Era. Mm. And I just think it's an interesting parallel. But more on that later. We then saw Zaya Lee backstage who said she was going to take on Shayna Baszler and show her that she's a warrior. Which Did a is... sweet kick at the camera. Hi-ya. I think they should have zoomed out for that. It was a bit sort of like, ooh, that was a foot. It was, like, it was sort of like here, wasn't it? So yes. Yeah. Yeah, like some of the crowd went, ooh. I was like, I don't think that deserved an ooh. Yeah, I, it, was, it was a perfectly fine promo to remind yeah. us that Yes, Zia Lee was involved in the Shayna Baszler thing last week. Yeah. Um, we then got the Kushida promo package where he was saying that he's been off with his injured wrist for two months uh, and spent a lot of time with his family and he's doing this for love, which I thought was nice. Yeah. Which is, he's now the fifth or sixth guy who's sort of done this for the love of his family. <laughs> like, yeah. That's a bit... He should be doing it's a bit this, old. Hat. He should be doing this to get his almanac back. Is what? Uh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anything. I, I just think, yeah. To get back to his own time. I feel like he was... He's he's a, he's just so obviously a babyface anyway. I don't think we need to necessarily, mm-hmm. you know, like that was like Roddy's gimmick when he first turned up. It's very white meat babyface. I just don't think it's that interesting. No, and it didn't, and it didn't work for Roddy. I don't think I. No, it like, didn't. He didn't do it. Yeah, you know, Roddy. I, like in my head, I didn't really like Roddy until Roddy turned heel. Yeah, same here. Um, then we got Zia Lee versus Shayna Baszler, uh, where she was going to show her what a warrior what she was. This was mostly sort of like a stand-up MMA-style striking contest for most of it until yeah. Baszler grounded the action and started doing all of her uh, I'm going to stretch your arms out and stamp on them things. Zia Lee showed a bit guts, but ultimately just sort of came a cropper when she missed her kick and yeah. Baszler was like, Kira Fuda clutch. Yeah. I, re- I, lo- I really liked this, liked this match. I thought it was really good. Yeah. And it, um, uh, I thought it, it was, it, it was again, that, that really good sort of not a, not quite a squash, but very obviously dominate dominating win. Do you know what I mean like it yeah. puts Zaya put over? Uh, she's getting a real she's getting a proper push the minute. I, yeah. I think she's really good. Um, good. There are some moments that still look a little bit too. Uh, we yeah we're going through a list of moves in our head, but I mean, I mean that, that happens a lot. In I mean that, hap- matches. that happened at the Survivor Series main event. Yeah, uh, I mean yeah. it happens. It happens again in another match. Mm. last night as well which we'll get to but um, yeah I, I thought this was perfectly fine I, I and it was it was the, the right thing to do before you're going to make something of Baszler later in the evening yeah, like she needed exactly. this little win to just be like remember who the champ is because she had a good night on Survivor Series but a bad night on the takeover yeah and I was kind of against her having the match it was last week wasn't it she had a match or was it the week before Shayna had another match didn't she against uh, oh, I can't remember who it was against now uh, or was it? Yeah, anyway, a couple, a couple weeks ago, she's had a match on TV sort of mm. fairly recently. Like maybe it was the one, maybe it was the week before War Games mm-hmm. she had one, and I was kind of against her having matches on TV. I was like, no, no, she's she's got a lot of mystique. 
Yeah. You know, but actually, I, I sort of changed my mind on that one now. I think actually, because of her style and because you've sort of actually, because they've actually built up Zaylee very quickly quite well, yeah. I thought it actually kind of makes sense to have her just come in and just kick some ass on screen for a bit. Yeah, and I think it's, cl- it's clever as well because she chooses people further down the card. Yeah. So she's not like, you know, Rhea wants the match. But she's like, well, Zia Lee just gets a random match tonight. Yeah. Whatever. Like, yeah. I, I, I really like what I like it. Yeah. I like what they're doing with Shayna Baszler. I think it's smart to keep making her look dominant because, because also Rhea Ripley is so over that you don't want Baszler to get lost in that. No, like, exactly. And I think they're doing a really good job making Baszler continue to look like a hellish heel. Like, yeah, she looks two, so And that, that match is going to be so hot when they do it. Like, yeah, it'll be know, great. I think it's going to be great. Uh, we then saw Cassius Ono arriving at Full Sail, who said he's no longer the knockout artist. He's a wrestling genius. He's had a career renaissance over in NXT UK and is the best wrestler in... No, the, the, best, the best British wrestler of all time is British Cassius Ono. <laughs> of all time. Um, this was kind of a promo for Worlds Collide as well, because yeah. he says Worlds Collide's coming up... Uh, very soon, so I'm here to see if anyone wants to fight. We then got the for- the Forgotten Sons versus uh, Leon Ruff and Adrian Alanis from yeah. Evolve, who were squashed into yes. Oblivion. Uh, talking of Oblivion, of course, so after the match, there was some great- Steve Cutler is. I think he's really cool. I, like, think, his, I, like, I think the Forgotten Sons are underrated. I yeah, I definitely agree with that. They are. I think they are underrated. But um, and then at the end of the match. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jackson Riker picks up Leon Ruff, yeah, and and chokes ham- slams him through the ring, yeah. like just over the top rope through the, the apron. apron. But like man alive, <laughs> like really hard. Basically, tried to throw him to the other side of the world. Yeah, that was. I presume he's dead. You're the best wrestler in Australia now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I presume he's free falling yeah. through the centre of the earth as we speak. It was yeah, that was nuts. Yeah, I just got. I think Bring he back looked, Nick Miller. I just thought, yeah, I just thought it was those weird things were like he kind of went up in the crowd and like oh no, and then he threw him so hard that everyone actually kind of went oh no no <laughs> oh god. Well, which I thought I was just like this seems like a very. Oh, you're an indie star, are you? Greeting on WWE. <laughs> well, you're an indie star. You're gonna have to take a bump. You're gonna have to. You're gonna have to take a choke stand from someone like that a, guy. A, a, very green who's gonna just bonk you on the side of the <laughs> ring. But this was like this was like all the guys that ended up sort of doing all the uh, the jobber spots with. Um, the Bludgeon Brothers when they yeah. first appeared and like the, who was it? The screaming guy when they did their power bomb. Uh, yeah, combo that was really thing. funny. Yeah, this I I thought. Um, the guy, those guys did really well to sell the Forgotten Sons as a legitimate threat. There was there was like a really fun little moment where it was just I think it was um, Cutler was just chucking one of them. He was chucking Leon Ruff around the ring, just doing like beals and stuff. And then he just chucked, picked him up and chucked him into his own corner, which yeah. collided with Alanis, causing a tag. Yeah, <laughs> it just a, <laughs> yeah. a tag happened, and yeah. he was just like, "Well, you have to get in now." Yeah. And then they then they did their like stomp finisher, and then Riker got yeah. involved. This was. Uh, I guess just setting up the Forgotten Sons as uh, to sort of rebuild the tag division after I think it's been slightly gutted since Street Profits yeah, left I and think so. uh, Viking Raiders have moved on the War Raiders. Um, yeah, it's it, there. There needs to be War Machine. War Machine. Yeah, there needs to be <laughs> there needs to be some sort of like actual feeling that there are tag teams here because yeah. it is just currently Fish and O'Reilly. Yeah, it does feel like I could I could imagine. Um, I know he's getting a lot of rub at the minute, but I could imagine. Someone like um, Swerve getting put with someone, mm. maybe having, and maybe sort of be like, when? Oh, when will the Dusty Classic happen? 
Happened quite recently, so yeah, it was really yeah. It's gonna be a, so they must now feels like a good time to start building some sort of broader divi- like have a few sort of like random teams just thrown together just for that or just to make it feel a bit. Yeah, I, I, don't I, know. I think that's the benefit. That's the benefit of the Dusty Classic is that you can suddenly just make teams again. Yeah, like, it, I mean, it would be good if like when Johnny comes back, if Johnny and Champa did a little DIY run to just to revive the tag division. Mm. If if you're gonna if you are gonna move him on from the NXT championship picture for a bit because you've decided to go in a different direction. Yeah. Which you, you should go in a different direction. We then got Dakota Kai uh, coming out to her new video package, which is just a black and white video of her beating up Tegan Knox, uh, holding uh, inappropriate fun- funeral video. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like her holding the brace again. She gets in the ring, ready for a match that she's meant to be having with Rhea Ripley. However, Rhea Ripley comes out with a mic and starts cutting a promo. She says, um, "What you did at Takeover War Games was very clever." And then I, I, I might have mis, uh, miswritten this, but she goes like, do you know what else is really clever right now? It was something it like was, that. It was, it no, was, no, it no, was quite she's, a clumsy yeah, sentence. So she said, um, she said uh, yeah, your trick was very clever, but you know what else, you know what else is a trick oh, yeah. right now? It was, yeah, it was like that. Do you know what else is a trick right now? Right now. Uh, it wasn't really a trick. No. It was all, I mean, this is, this is kind of what, Similar thing that happened, I think, with the sort of expectation of when Pete Dunne came out, which is mm-hmm. like, well, there is no other option. There is no surprise that can happen now. So it's yeah. sort of a weird thing to hold back and be like, huh? Well, wait till you see this. And it's like everyone in the room would just go, well, it's be me, yeah, wouldn't it? Like, well, yeah, <laughs> and I, I guess I, yeah, and I, I guess my, like, I know I was saying earlier that the Mia Yim reveal could have been built to, but I guess. The only other thing would have been Tegan Knox miraculously that's, appearing. That, I guess that's what they're going to build to, and they don't want to do that twice. Yeah. You, know, you don't want to do Mia Yim build up to, like, Mia Yim's going to be pissed when she comes back, and then Mia Yim comes back, and Dakota Kai and yeah. Mia Yim have a little feud, and then, so, like, it's like, well, but Tegan's going to be even. Well, like, you keep using her video. Yeah. So, I don't know. I, I just think, yeah, you don't want to, maybe you don't want to screw the pooch on that one. You don't want to just go, like, well, we'll just bring Mia back when she's ready, and then we'll do the big build to Tegan's reveal. Like, yeah. Was it me? Me and you, we got the ladder in the face, wasn't it? Yeah. From who kicked the ladder? Who was in that match? It was Kaylee Ray. Kaylee Ray, that was it. Because I said what? Cause no, sorry, was... Kaylee Ray interfered at the end of the match. So it was actually it was either Belair or Io Shirai. It was Io Shirai. Io Shirai, that was it. So the thing that slightly confused me is because me and you has both been mysteriously attacked ages ago without mention, mm-hmm. but then recently got her face mashed in, and I sort of. That I, I took a few moments for me to kind of calculate when the commentary was kind of like, and you know, Miriam got taken out. Mm-hmm. I was thinking, what about that ladder that she got? Like, do you mean it, it was? Yeah. It was like it's not their fault. She got taken out by that ladder, and then she did the whole rest of the match, and then she got put through the other ladder by Kaylee Ray. And then at the beginning of War Games, it was kind of suggested that it might have been the other team who beat up Mia. Yeah. And then it was Dakota Kai does her big heel turn. And now we're getting the information. Yeah. That it's like, oh, and Dakota was also behind me. Yeah. So, well, well, somebody tell yeah. me. Like, me. Me him essentially was was out for the same period of time, but for three different reasons. Yeah. <laughs> I was having to be like, oh, God, which what, what are they referencing now? Like, that was a bit, <laughs> that was a bit confusing. But uh, Mia Yim makes a big return here. So she's the now. She's uh, the now and the she, trick. She runs out on this trick that she's doing. Uh, she beats the crap out of Kai. Mm. She runs around the ring. She's doing a lot of Kai's moves as well. She does like the big running boot in the corner and then she does the sort of like 
short yeah. uh, holding the head kicks that she does. Um, Kai fires back a little bit, but then Mia sort of starts chucking her around into the barricades and then runs her into the back. As she's sort of running her into the back, Rhea's then shown at ringside like, oh, that's a lot of fun. I enjoyed watching that. As Shayna Baszler yeah. and the other horsewomen come out, uh, rush down to the ring. Duke and Shafir do the classic, we're going to go ahead and get beaten up. Uh, Baszler comes in behind, starts fighting them off. I really liked the, the storytelling of this, that the Rhea was quite competent against the two of them. Yes. And then the, the inclusion of Baszler, slightly delayed, made it all work. She locks in the Kirifuda clutch. Uh, Rhea backs her into the corner and gets out of it. She locks it in again, drops to the floor, and then Rhea manages to stand with Baszler on her back. And then she locks it in one final time. And this is when Rhea crawls to the ropes, tries to haul herself up using the middle rope. But Duke and Shafir grab her arms. And yeah. this, an amazing visual, I thought this was, where they, they pull back and it's Duke and Shafir yanking the arms as Baszler's choking her yeah. out. And Rhea great. starts to fade, drags her right into the center of the ring and lets her go when she's completely unconscious. Yeah, it was really cool. Because when the Mia Yim Dakota Kai stuff was happening, I was, I was kind of thinking, oh, this is a bit odd. This, you know, the crowd are becoming very sympathetic towards Dakota Kai, who is essentially now being handicapped. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, this is odd. And then when they went off, and then then the rear stuff happened, I was like, oh, okay, this is actually, this is actually really cool. Yeah, um, I really like this whole it, segment. Yeah. I it's kind it of a really... weird shame that Dakota Kai's heel turn's been lost in. That's I think that's a slight shame. Is that is that her like for some reason the crowd wasn't quite ready to see her just get her comeuppance what like in yeah, that yeah. way. I think there could have been something more made of that turn. I think. She's now she's now got a bit of a task ahead of her to kind of get yeah. get heat because she did like there was a point in the crowd where the crowd were sort of on her side yeah because of what was happening because ultimately they can only react to what they're being presented to what they were presented was two supposedly faces tricking someone tricking someone into being into essentially what looked like a two on one yeah and it wasn't a match it was just a beatdown yeah so that was. I understand why it was a means to an end. Yeah. But I do think now that, yeah, they're going to they're gonna have a little bit of... They've set up, obviously, Mir and Dakota. But now Dakota... Like, you know what's annoying? Now Dakota should beat up Mir Yim backstage. Yeah. Well, <laughs> now she yeah, needs yeah. to attack her. But this, this is, I think this is, that's the point, isn't it? It's, it's here, Mir Yim should have made her return and Dakota should have... like The reveal of Dakota being the attacker in the first place... Maybe should have been Mia Yim makes a triumphant return. She gets booked in a match. Dakota comes out with a knee brace and starts wailing on her and goes, I'm the one who did this to you before. And then you 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 position Dakota as quite a strong heel, if that's what you're going for. And that's when you build to the Tegan Knox return. Yeah. I don't know. Um I still I still liked this. Yeah, this so did I. Yeah. I thought it was really fun. I thought it was a really good way to hype Baszler and Rhea. Makes Rhea look strong, uh, in the sort of she won't quit uh Austin vibe. Um, Ripley. Sorry, yeah, Ripley. Uh, but then also makes Baszler um, look like smartest champ alive. Yeah. Very dominant force. And also and then Baszler gets a microphone at the end of the segment and she says, like, you wanted a title match. You don't even know what you're asking for because yeah. I also want a title match and I'm going to get one and with you on December the 18th. So sleep yeah. tight. I think also week, week, stuff. week by week, the um, Shafir and... Um, I always forget that. That's the other one. Jasmine Duke. Jasmine Duke, that's it. Um, week by week, they are getting better yeah. at stuff. Mm-hmm. And I thought they actually looked legitimately... They, they re- it really looked like they, they were a actually mean, devastating group 
when you know when they want to turn the heat up on someone. I just yeah. thought it was this whole week has been just this whole episode really. I think I think Shayna was really put over really well this yeah. in this whole episode. I think I think yeah, I think she looks like absolutely just the pinnacle. She's the big bad. Mm-hmm. She really does feel like that now, yeah. even on her own, not just because like. I like the dynamic where it's like, yes, these two are there to kind of soften them up, but, yeah, but they're hyenas. But they're they? hyenas, yeah. and she she's, she's the yeah. It's great. I re- I really enjoyed it. That was really cool. Um, we then saw Kathy Kelly with Tomasa Champa. They said they needed the third man. Surprise! It's Dijakovic. Yeah. Uh, Finn Balor then does again. The th- is that the third non-surprise surprise of yeah. the evening? <laughs> Finn Balor then says that uh, everyone else is playing checkers while he plays chess. Checkmate, which obviously if you're playing checkers, you don't understand. Yeah, so true, I yeah. guess it was, a, it was a fine little promo package. We then got one for Swerve as well, which uh, again, just made him look really good. Cassie Sona then makes his way to the ring for his match against anyone who will answer the call. Worst t-shirt you've ever seen? Yeah, it's bad. It's it? not great, is it? Ono's gear has always been bad in WWE. Yeah. Like, he's had really terrible gear. Mm. Really, really, yeah. really terrible. Mm. It does. It's unflattering. It's, it's it does. Unflattering. It does. It does nothing for him. Yeah. And then Matt Riddle comes out in his gear, looking like uh, sweet psychedelic sweets from. He looked like. Um, uh, he looked like Bruno. Mm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he did look like Bruno. Uh, he gets the the Goldberg Riddle yeah. chance, and they actually had a really fun, really match. good match. I really enjoyed this. They're like Riddle did all of his kind of usual spots in a slightly different order, like. Going for the big German, uh, goes for the Broton and the backflip, but he gets tripped. Uh, uh, ono goes outside. Riddle quickly jumps the ropes, catches him on the other side, and does his huge uh, penalty kick on the yeah. apron, which I thought was really cool. I loved Ono doing just c- continually going back to the weird cravat that he kept doing. Yeah, just and been like and cravat. And Nigel McGuinness is constantly referencing all these different older. Mm-hmm. Sort of British wrestlers and European wrestlers, whatever. Who who he was like? It's almost like yeah, who he was imitating. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was really really cool. There was um, uh, I just think Matt Riddle should use the jackhammer as his finisher. Mm. I don't think his whatever the the bro, he, the bro the uh, bro. Apparently, he did a, a, a progress show recently. It was him and Keith Lee tagging against someone, and the first thing Riddle did when he came out was he just hit a spear and a jackhammer. Was <laughs> <laughs> I think it should be his finisher. He's yeah. big enough and strong enough to do it. It's a great reference. Nobody else is doing it. Mm. You know, I guess Keith Lee is sort of doing his own version of the Jackhammer. But I just don't think the bro Derek is a very He's got all he's got other very devastating looking moves. Yeah. That his finisher is just quite weird. Knee looks yeah. And he's used that Derek. as a finisher, then like it's sometimes it's funny to see. I feel like sometimes NXT guys, they have a sort of T V finisher and a and a PPV finisher. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think, yeah, I'm not a big fan of the bro Derek. Um, there was a weird moment in this match where, and I don't, I think I don't know whether it was just a sort of weird timing thing or chemistry thing, but there was like a 30, 40 second chunk of like chain wrestling stood up, and it just looked like they were gassed. Like it went really slow. This was the finish, right? Yeah, this it was, went so really was, yeah. slow down. Oh, that was a bit odd well so this was after so they did like um there was a really crazy bunch of spots where riddle does his scent on he misses the backflip ono goes for his toes holds his toes oh that was great bending yeah, yeah. and then riddle hits a big knee to get out of it he does the bro to sleep the power bomb flips him over knees him in the face and then hits the floating bro and ono still kicks out yeah. that was awesome like what yeah. a stretch like because riddle does i think riddle does that really well um as part of just like his performance of just i am now just going to hit 
10 moves in a row. Yeah. And they're all going to be increasingly devastating. He basically like hot tagged one guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Off his toes. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, it was yeah. like, it was cool seeing Ono actually also not necessarily just emptying his basket of tricks. Mm-hmm. I like how his, I do like how he really, you know, he has changed his game to be like he's saying it. He's a not just, genius, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, and like where he kept screaming when he was doing something like really what he thought was good you know yeah. like i don't know i i really i really enjoyed that apart from that weird slowdown bit which i just thought yeah. was seen they sort of think they were i think they maybe they just sort of missed one move and were just trying to reset yeah. so but like sort of it was out, so fun yeah i feel like they were maybe trying to do something else i don't know because they were because mcginnis puts over the gotch the carl gotch lift that ono goes yeah for and doesn't quite get him up um but the carl gotch lift is obviously the same lift the that really uses yeah. for the bro Derek. so it was nice sort of like Mirroring, symmetry yeah. that they they use there um but then yeah it was the sort of like oh i'm doing no oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, knee strike bow derrick yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, like, yeah and it was all done uh and so riddle picks up the win in a re- that's a really fun little match i thought like yeah and like i don't mind that maybe there's not really much for riddle to do now that he's lost to balor and he just comes out and has fun matches with fun people and they're silly and they're entertaining that's the benefit of having a two-hour show is that not every match yeah. has to make sense and for also the story. he's He's super over. He's still considered in that top tier with that sort of loose mm-hmm. connection with those other guys. He's absolutely fine. He just, he's ju- just the way things have just fallen right now. He's just not involved in, and mm-hmm. that's fine. I think I don't think he's lost any shine. I don't think he's lost any anything. I think he's probably going to be. Seems to me he's probably going to lead the charge for NXT Worlds Collide. Yeah. You know he'll be the big name. Yeah, and if, they, and, if and if NXT is getting a big push still off the back of that, he'll they'll, you know they'll probably pick up yeah. the, the overall th- victory. There. Yeah, I don't think he's. I don't think he's because also Worlds Collide last year, the winner of Worlds Collide, Velveteen Dream, got a title shot of his choice. Yeah, and chose the North American Championship. Yeah, incorrectly, but he did choose the. Uh... Yeah, yeah, should have chosen the top belt. <laughs> maybe, maybe there was a t- like the little T and C was like not the top one. Yeah, yeah. But maybe a take on Walter. You never know. Never know. Um, we then, it was made official that the women's championship match will be happening on December the 18th. I feel like both companies, uh, NXT and AEW, are going for really big December the 18th. I can't remember exactly what was booked on AEW, but it seems like they were setting up a couple of big matches for that night. They got a tag title match. NXT is going to be having the women's championship match and the men's NXT yeah. championship match. So that's a, like a pretty exciting. One of those belts is changing hands. Something's happening, yeah. I just think, I just think it, that is just what's going to happen. Yeah, something has to. Like, I feel like we sort, we've kind of. Re- I think we've reached the point now where nothing has changed for a while in NXT, and it feels like maybe going into the break, for, like going into Christmas, knowing that like coming back out like New Year, it's kind of a fresh slate somewhere yeah. in the division because you don't want to start the new year of being like, well, it's just undisputed era and Baszler again. Yeah, and we essentially st- that starts, you know. Now that the Rumble has kind of moved, been moved forward into, that's been January now for a it's while. January 27th, yeah. Like, now that's been, that's, well, it's 26th, but yeah. Now that's kind of slowly been moved slightly closer. It used to be a sort of end of Feb, I think, mm. in my head. So it's like, it, that's, that's now really the big one at the start of the year. So WrestleMania season essentially starts the Royal Rumble, doesn't it, really, mm-hmm. in my head anyway. And it, NXT guys are going to be involved in that. Like, it feels like this is a chance to, like you say, do something big for the end of the year, and give just give everything a bit of a 
shake up going into the you know give them some more options mm-hmm. to start the year going to those going to the first takeover yeah because you don't you don't want to just be building to all the titles change hands at that that one exactly. WrestleMania takeover yeah. um, it was then uh, scheduled to be Kashida versus Raul Mendoza except Cameron Grimes stomped him into oblivion on the yep. ramp uh, Cameron Grimes then took Raul Mendoza's place in the match that stomp was brutal yeah <laughs> Like the cave-in is a crazy move anyway. Yeah. So the big j- jumping double stomp thing that Cameron Grimes does. Love it. Yeah. And I thought this was a really fun sort of like, well, what about me kind of moment. Yeah. And I feel like these two might have a really good feud coming off the back of this match. Because it, it was a really short little sprint. Like Kushida basically started the match really hot. He hit the sort of handspring to knock Cameron Grimes off the apron. Went up on the top turnbuckle, hit a rolling sent on from the top turnbuckle to the outside, yeah, which huge, was just yeah. nuts. People were just like, oh yeah, Kashida's back. He then did a bit of like, they did a really fun little spot where he tried to put the octopus on three times. Yeah. Um, which was just like, oh yeah, do you remember he does high flying and he's also really good at submissions? Yeah. Just so you're all aware. Cameron Grimes did a big German, does the backflip, goes for the other German, and then Kashida rolls through, gets a one, two, three, yeah. and it's a quick little win. Just to be like, Kashida's back everywhere. Yeah. And also, I think interesting to have him go over, but with a roll-up, yeah. says to me more about Cameron Grimes than it does about Kushida. Mm-hmm. Kushida has to get the win, but they're clearly also now starting to build with Cameron Grimes as well. Yeah, so they've, they've been like Cameron Grimes. With the vignettes and I stuff. feel like that's like Cameron Grimes' first loss since the breakout tournament as well. Mm, yeah, um, yeah. No, he lost to Tyler Bate, did he? No, he beat, did he beat Tyler Bate. He might have lost to Tyler Bate or Pete Dunne. One of, yeah. I think it was Tyler Bate. He's lost, he's, he's lost against people like... Uh, He's he's had he's been winning some squashes, yeah. A I just, lot. I just, and I think I but I just think this match gave you just enough of a taste of like well these two have chemistry, yeah. And I would like they really to do, see, and I would like to see what they do like going forward. Yeah. So that I think that's a good little program to bring Kashida back into the fold. Uh, we then got the big six man tag team match where uh, mm-hmm. it was Tommaso Ciampa, Keith Lee, Dominic Dijakovic versus Undisputed Heroes, Roddy Strong, Kyle O'Reilly, and Adam Cole. This was awesome. Oh yeah. This was exact this was exactly what you thought it would be when you put all these bits in the ring. Um I think the main story of the match and the main thing they were trying to do was put over the people who will be challenging Adam Cole for the championship going forward. So it was like Dijak was really the tag partner who was there to be beaten down. Tommaso Ciampa comes in with one of the craziest hot tags I think I've ever seen. <laughs> uh he does he comes in double clotheslines uh Strong and O'Reilly. He chucks Roddy Strong out. He hits a belly to belly on Kyle, who rolls into the ropes. He does his running knee in the ropes. He then grabs Adam Cole, who's trying to climb into the DDT, ring, so. and does the widow's bell DDT. He then hits Project Champa on Kyle <laughs> and gets this really close two. I was just like, that is insane. It's just like that was awesome. no, no, no. Two finishes. Goodbye. Yeah, Champa's. He's so good. They're, they're, all these guys are great, and they've mm. all been working together enough now. They've all got really great chemistry. Um, again. Clearly, like they have done a few times now, really building up when is Keith Lee going to do a big thing? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and that came with um, him rising into the camera shot oh, towards yeah. the end. Well, so this is the big finale of the match, right? So, like, they did a. And everyone ends up outside, basically. Dijak does a big spinning springboard dive onto the big pile of people. Somehow missed most of them. Yeah. You <laughs> had to spin around. As they were climbing back in, um, he... Uh, he and Keith Lee ends up on no sorry Dijak ends up on the turnbuckle looks like he's going to suplex with Kyle and they're sort of yeah. fighting and people are sort of watching them Finn Balor drops 
jumps into the ring, hits a running drop kick onto everyone. Everyone hits. He hits. Um, he hits Cole he into the ref. He saw the ref. Yeah, he, into, saw, he snookers the referee yeah. into everyone else in the pocket, <laughs> and then sends all the balls yeah. scattering. He hits ref into top pocket and yeah. takes out everyone else. It was amazing. Um, from there, he then hits a nineteen sixteen on Champa. Is Champa, yeah. Yeah. So he knocks everyone else out. He picks Champa up, hits nineteen sixteen, and then he goes in the corner, does the double, does the finger guns. But as he's doing the finger guns to set up his drop kick, Keith Lee just. <laughs> it was such a you great. Forgot about, you forgot about Keith. Yeah, that was it. It was, yeah, just great camera work. Keith, great, yeah, great it was, spot. But, but it was, it was another like I think. Part of the reason that Keith Lee is getting over to the degree he is is because they are doing these moments with him where they are going to be the shareable, gifable thing to send around on wrestling Twitter. And that's yeah. what's so clever. Like, you know, I think that moment from last night is, you know, that's the thing that Ollie came into the office today and says, I haven't seen NXT, but I have seen that gif. Same thing last week. I haven't yeah. seen NXT, but I have seen that yeah. gif of him pouncing Adam Cole. And that, like that, you know, there are moments like that about Keith Lee across the board now. So if they yeah. keep doing that with him, they are just going to make him the most talked yeah. about thing in NXT. But the important thing with both of these moments is that not only were they, in their own meta way, funny and just cool and and fun and referential, they also made sense. Yep, were taken seriously in the moment. You know, mm. like they also they also totally justified themselves within the context of what was going on, not just as a sort of moment for the sake of doing it. Yeah, I think that's didn't the key. Break character at no, any point. I to think do that's that. the key. You know, it really it was a lot of fun, but it was also mm-hmm. a necessary bit of storytelling. Yeah. So as Keith Lee grabs uh, Balor on the ropes, Balor sort of manages to squirm out of a choke slam uh, or a choke hold. Lee gets in the ring. Balor goes for a sling blade. Uh, sling blade gets caught, popped straight up into a spirit bomb, taken out of the match. Here's the point where you're like, well, the ref's down. Balor's, Balor's interfered. He's not really done much, but he has caused a distraction because Adam Cole comes in, super kick to Keith Lee, and then goes for the last shot and then runs straight into Lee, who just goes, jackhammer. Yeah. One, two, three. I've pinned the NXT champion. Yeah. Great. Which, it, it's, it's, it's a great setup. It was, it was the right booking of the match to be like, Look, Dijak, you're going to get this one moment, this one really big moment where he did that. He did his knee thing, and then you know he goes to toss yeah. people, and he had Kyle O'Reilly, and then Roddy tries to trip him up, and he just bonks Roddy with yeah. Kyle, <laughs> and then he battering rammed Cole off the apron with the with Kyle as well, which I just thought was great. But yeah, like Dijak really sort of had to take a back seat here because the story was, isn't Champa amazing, but isn't Keith Lee also amazing, and, and that and he's now pinned the champion, and now William Regal comes down because he says. On the 18th of December, Adam Cole was going to have to defend his NXT championship, and we need to decide who the number one contender is. So next week, it's going to be Finn Balor, and I thought Finn was great here on the outside, like, looking a bit pain, and he was just like, oh, yes, me. Um, <laughs> and then Anne Champa, who was like, obviously, and Keith Lee. Yeah. And then you get Keith Lee and Champa have another stare down. Mm-hmm. It was but But again, great. That, they're the only two in the ring at this point. Yes. Dijak is on the outside. The Undisputed Era are all scattered around the place. Keith Lee and Champa, again, in a mirror of what happened earlier, are left in the ring. But it's Keith Lee's music playing this time. And Keith Lee is the one getting the ovation. And Keith Lee is the one who now seems like he's in line to be the champion. Yeah. Um, and I just, I just thought that was really clever booking to be like, here's the moment from earlier. Here it is again. Yeah. Everything has changed. Yeah. It was... 
and I cannot wait for that match. Yeah, I can't wait. This match was awesome. Mm-hmm. I love this match. Um, yeah, it kind of had a bit of everything in it. I love the way they the undisputed era we used as well. Mm-hmm. I lo- like the the moment where. Dijak is so big and strong, it takes all three of them in a sort of conga line to, to drag his, him back yeah, into the court. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I think for guy, like I think what's interesting about them is that even in the place NXT where everyone talks about people being undersized, which is obviously completely contextual, so it's kind of a pointless thing to bring up. When I, so you know, even though I bring it up quite a lot, <laughs> yeah. but like even so, they use the fact that their whole thing is. We are this just gang of wily, petulant, jackals, angry little yeah. jackals who will just do anything to keep the advantage. I, I just think it's it could have been very hard for them to continue to be booked against the likes of Keith Lee and Dyke, exactly. as they and have they, been for the last yeah. three months. And they've nailed it, and they've remained strong, remained looking good. You know, um, I just thought it was I just thought it was great. You know, everyone came out looking really strong. I think it's great to see. <coughs> You know, Dijak is still getting the shine from this whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, seems that they've kind of stopped, you know, quite quickly stopped saying that Keith Lee and Dijak are a team. They're just sort of mates now. Yep. Um, but yeah, I, I just thought it was great. I thought the stare down team, I, I clearly, you know, the, I think the triple threat is going to be amazing. Yeah, I think like, I think this episode again just showed that NXT has a wealth of talent. And obviously like they can't do everything with everyone. But they've got so many good people now that you're just happy to see them come out and do something. And they don't necessarily feel at such a loose end that you're like, oh, there's just no hope for them. Like Matt Riddle, you're not sitting there going like, there's no hope for Matt Riddle after he lost to Finn Balor. You're still just like, well, Matt Riddle can just come out and be really over and have really fun matches that are a joy to watch, even if they feel like they're going nowhere. Whereas I think sometimes on Raw, especially, you get matches where it's like, this is meant to be that fun match and it's a bit sloppy or it's not very interesting. And it kind of doesn't really have a point to it. However, on the other end of the spectrum at NXT, you've got this sort of main event scene of like eight dudes who are all having matches in different combinations. Um, And every time they come together, they do something different and something interesting and somebody else gets to look good and you get to have these amazing moments that are the most shared bits of sort of wrestling paraphernalia on the internet. I thought this episode of NXT like... I wouldn't say it was a five-star episode of NXT because it didn't have like that many amazing matches and there was a few too many surprise, there's no surprise, um, yeah. moments. However, it was a really solid four-star episode for me. How about yourself? Uh, yeah, I think I mean, maybe... Um, I, I haven't really sort of... It's difficult for me because I, I haven't really got a grasp necessarily with NXT what I think is like what, what their version of a five-star episode mm-hmm. is yet. Um but I, I, I thought it was a br- I just thought it was a great episode I do think the only things like you said that hold it back from being a sort of truly great episode it didn't have that it didn't have anything like insane happen during a match it didn't have like this that one crazy what NXT often has is like a match you don't expect yeah is the crazy amazing match you know they've normally got one of those every week this didn't that didn't happen this week this felt more of a straight laced narrative driven episode but I thought uh I thought overall everyone everyone came out looking really strong, and I'm liking where the narrative is going. I like where it's going, and and I think they are just about. I do mean they're just about getting away with it, not feeling too top heavy. Mm-hmm. That they, they it, it wouldn't take much for it to go the other way, but I think 
We are just about. I think we are just about have run the course of Undisputed yes. Era having all the gold. I think it so. Is meaning there could only really be one big story at once. Yeah, I think the only place they can go now is that. I think the only place they can go now is the gold is so important to the group that whoever loses some gold is going to have to pay some sort of price, mm-hmm. probably kicked out. Yeah, I think if you're going to do that. The only person you can do that with is Adam Cole. Mm-hmm. I think. I think that's the biggest. You sort of, if you're going to do it, go all the way. He's used to being kicked out, yeah. And Roddy's, Roddy's kind of a late addition. Um, the other two guys are, are tag company, kick two people out. I don't know. It feels that seems yeah. to me like a. And you're like, no, they could even. Like, I mean, I wouldn't like to see it happen because I think they've got such great chemistry, and I think there must be another way of doing it. But like, at the minute, the way they're driving it is that something has to happen as a cost, not just of losing the belts, but within mm-hmm. the group. I kind of feel like if the if they are as characters gonna put it as so important, what are they how are they gonna react if someone drops a belt? Mm-hmm. You know, what's gonna be the inner Well I think that's what's exciting about NXT is that there's there's a lot of good matches coming up on the horizon and there's seemingly oodles of story that yeah. you can tell with whatever permutation of winners and losers that you have coming out of it. Yeah. We've got a uh, inter office secret Santa. Inter office? Who's other office? Well, inter in, intra our office. Oh, right. No, okay. Like just in our office. We have a between the personnel, inter personnel, office wide secret Santa. Who have you got? Wouldn't you like to know? <laughs> Who have you got? Uh, I mean, you know what? I was actually just going to say it. Yeah, no, <laughs> just I was, for a laugh. I was so close to <laughs> be like, it's, uh, it's um, Luke. I. Um, I always have Luke in Secret Santa. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. Um, the only thing with it is, what's the limit? Is it a tenner? Yeah. That's too high. No, prob- I don't want to spend a tenner. Because the problem with a tenner, if you, whatever the, basically, with Secret Santa, I think generally speaking, whatever the limit you set is, that's what people tend to spend. Mm-hmm. A tenner is too much to get anything that's worth having. Sorry, it's too little to get anything worth having. But too much to for spend, tat. but too much for tat. Yeah, I think it should be a quid, and it should just be a pound shop secret Santa because there's mad stuff in Poundland that's just funny to buy people. Yeah, I'm, I'm, a, I'm also in for not doing it, uh, just as a. <laughs> but you said about anything. Yeah, no. Well, yeah. <laughs> well the best plans are cancelled ones. Um, in my head, yes. The, you know, like the the notion of not doing something that everyone wants you to do. Is much more exciting to me than is that your fetish of doing yours? it? Yeah, I think my fetish is saying disappointment, no, saying no. Yeah, <laughs> it's delayed gratification, but without the gratification, it's just the delay. Yeah, exactly. That's <laughs> it. You'll never, you will never ever find satisfaction around me. No. You will only ever be disappointed. Yeah, but I, meanwhile, will be satisfied, loving it. Yeah, tantrically from the constant disappointment. Mm-hmm. Well, well, that's, that's nice. Like, that's Christmassy. Well, there you go. That is Christmassy. <laughs> Happy f- Christmas. Luke's going to have to bleep that when he edits this now. <laughs> um, yeah, maybe I should just clap and... Uh, ah, why not go clap? Luke will find it. It's fine. Well, this, is, this is when we find out if he really listens to this, it. This is it. Yeah, because now there's a swear in here. And uh, maybe maybe he doesn't pick it up. Anyway, that's probably the that'd end be of fun. That's, yeah, that'll be fun. Well, maybe we'll get in trouble. Who knows? Who knows? Well, we, you. We, me, yeah, exactly. So anyway, well, we'll find out if we get in trouble. We'll be back next week with more NXT shenanigans. Uh, see you there. Thanks for listening. Goodbye.
Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlingbranch.com. Code buttery. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.